Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by another one of the bloody dadly boys from What Culture, Michael Hamlet, here to review anything that happened on last night's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Collision, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. A bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet, Sidgwick enjoying some well-earned days off here to review last night's AEW Dynamite and all the fallout from World's End. Before we talk about last night's show, just a quick word on World's End. What did you make of it all? Mostly rubbish. Uh, I just want to speak on behalf of my absent Dudley. Yes. And I think wording and context is important. It is well-earned but it's not time off. I'll say no more on that, <laughs> but it's perhaps why I'm so high on yes. last night's Dynamite and indeed all of the rest of the watch this week and why I want to say that before I talk about World's End because World's End was a bit trash. Like a lot The of people, devil re- reveal and main event was great. A lot of people said it was a show too hard. So I would have yeah. said it was a show too matches. Like it was... Uh, I really enjoyed Joe and MJF. The devil reveal, I agree, was pulled off really well. But then I didn't think the angle was as bad as most people did. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of that came as a surprise to the consensus of this has been a disaster, just get it over with. I think by the end, they like focused it quite nicely on Cole being the guy. There wasn't really... There was other people it could have been, but there was nobody that it would have mapped out as logically no. to have been as Adam Cole, and then he gets revealed, obviously. Uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston... Uh, had their type of very well-received John Moxley-Eddie Kingston match, uh, ultimately putting a cap on the Continental Classic and giving it the storyline conclusion that I think most people who love the Continental Classic would have wanted, yeah. which was Eddie Kingston seeing it through. It proved that you can... And we're going to get into this on this Dynamite review. It proved that wrestling can be the story. It was... The whole Continental Classic was a reminder that just how much the rankings are missed and how much... Even if you're wrestling for status and wrestling for points, that can be as powerful, if not more so, than uh, breaking into someone's house and terrorizing (laughs) a child. You know, like there there are multiple different ways to skin the cat in wrestling. And one of the ways AEW used to do such a good job with that was with the simple chase for titles, winning and losing. And Eddie Kingston was perhaps the best illustration of that. Uh, Otherwise... To be honest, I was quite satisfied that World's End was bad because it was, for me, it was like AW's chickens coming home to roost a little Mm. bit. Their week-to-week storytelling in 2023, and there is no fancy 
thumbnail that's going to go on this podcast to try and sell people and draw <laughs> them in. This is not negative for clicks. They're weekly. <laughs> they're weekly. It'll be a good thumbnail. I'm Nicholas the designer. It won't be one that will like blare big letters and Tony Khan's scrum facials about how uh, AW's in turmoil. It's rubbish television a lot of the time. Week to week spelt W-E-A-K. I mean, now we have a thumbnail. Yeah. With loads of big words and letters in. But yeah, for like, I'd say about six months of the year, maybe, the pay-per-views were so much stronger than the television shows by orders of magnitude because this massive roster like can produce fabulous matches and have no stories. AW could have been a pay-per-view exclusive company in 2023 mm. and you still would have had the pay-per-views as the standard you got and the build to World's End wasn't great and the, and the card wasn't great and outside of the Continental Classic and the Devil Reveal, they didn't feel like there was much going on in the shows and that pay-per-view was a reflection of mm-hmm. that. I will say the benefit of having a bit of a rough patch going into the end of a year is that with all the new optimism that like the calendar flicking over brings, yeah. you can sort of artificially manufacture your own like reset. It did feel like a real fresh start. It this did, show. didn't it? Like there was a proper Takeshita back singles action. That's what I want to see. WWE brand their season premieres around when American television does it. So mm. it's always in September, which traditionally is one of their coldest periods in the year. So it never really feels honest mm. and it never feels all that earned. If, what, 3rd of January, it's 2024, like, Tony Khan for once can say, it's been a great year, because there's been one show. <laughs> yeah. Like, it honestly can be for AEW, this every year, if they want it to be, can be this refresh, even down to the aesthetics. Like, I love the new branding. Mm-hmm. Like, the screens look bigger and better than ever with the, like, <laughs> with the red and blue. But, like, <laughs> you know, you've got what you've got there. Wrestling loves that. But the whole thing felt renewed. There was yeah. a sense with the booking of the main event that... Right, we're going with the people you want to watch. We're yeah. re- kind of returning to what people loved about AEW in the first place. There's a lot to like, sort of be encouraged about about the women's division yeah. and the direction that followed by a debut that was well received because they put the work in. There's just, I don't know, there was a lot of good vibes for me mm. coming out of this dynamite and minimal stuff to sort of minimal stuff, especially from last year. The repeated complaints to really harp on about. We got a, a question on the news. I think it was from Alabama, Alabama Slim this morning uh, about. People you want to see. Is that Jay White talking about Bob Holly's finisher? <laughs> to, to asking about um, the future of like the yes. main event scene of, of AEW because you've not got Kenny, you've not got the books, you've not got Jericho or MGF or anyone yeah. like that. Nope. And I thought this was a real, yeah, line in the sand moment of like, okay, well, there's that void there. Who's going to step up and take it? Obviously, and not only that, you've obviously got a new world champion and then you've got new arrivals and things like that. It's And obviously, you, as well as that, you've got Mox and Danielson off doing New Japan stuff, etc. Yeah, it's interesting. As we record this, Wrestle Kingdom is in its main event or just concluding. And as you say, that card features John Moxley, features Brian Danielson. World's End, I think, was... Uh, there can't have been many pay-per-views that have featured nobody from the elite. Like, typically, a hangman page is kicking mm-hmm. around or yeah. the young books will kind of get on the card at the last minute, even when, like, Kenny was out for that sustained period. Uh, this does sort of, at the moment, feel like an AW that will certainly be missing the likes of the elite and wrestlers that draw, but... <laughs> sorry. Huh? No, sorry. Like, it is missing the elite, but I say that... <laughs> I say that to, to make the point that a lot of AW's base will miss the elite yeah. a great deal. But it does sort of 
behoove Tony Khan right now to be finding people that can replace them when they're not around mm. for nicer reasons. Like, the books are off at the moment because they desperately need to be away. The Hangman Page character... You never know if it's going to be like, right, here's this awesome thing, then is it going to be a month before we see him again? Kenny Omega, like, get well soon. Yeah. Like, in all seriousness, there's, it's not a very nice time for the elite to be gone right now, but there's going to come a point where they're going to be gone because they're just gone. Yeah. You know, like, the bodies are breaking down or they're getting older or they want to move into different roles within the company or within wrestling. Dana Massey has just left mm. AEW, so there's going to come a time where they're not part of it. And what, like, a year, two years ago, maybe after Brawl Out, when the big th- thing had happened with Punk... And there was this possibility that the elite might not be part of it. And people could not entertain it. No. It's like, it can't be all elite without the middle word. It can't be all elite without elite. We should think about that in a more pragmatic way. Well, one day it will be. What's that going to look yeah. like? And I welcome gambles being taken as they were on this show. And as they have been doing, like, in spots to see what the new landscape is going to look like. No messing about on this show. We'll dive straight into it now because Dynamite opens with... Uh, Samoa Joe, fresh after winning the world title, saying he's not a man who makes predictions, but a man who keeps promises. He said after Grand Slam, MJF thought he was just going to be like every other scumbag, but what uh, he did to Joe was turned around back on him. Joe showed in front of MJF's friends and family uh, that he can take everything from him. MJF might be a scumbag, but Joe is a heartless son of a bitch. He's always going to take what's his... He's Samoa Joe, AW World Champion, and he'll take everything from everyone who tries to take the title from him. Absolutely fantastic, yeah. right? Samoa Joe uh, as World Champion is—it's one of those things where Tony Khan, just like how like Dynamite was the name of his TV show and his E-Fed, <laughs> it's probably one of the things that when he imagined the day that like he get to run his own wrestling company back in the mid two thousands, if I was a top a television wrestling company, Samoa Joe would be my world champion, yeah. you know? And I think probably most wrestling fans have thought that because Samoa Joe is that kind of figure. I've seen him wrestle live for TNA, WWE, and AEW, and technically Ring of Honor, uh, when me and you saw yeah. him return via Ring of Honor over WrestleMania weekend in 2022. And there are a few wrestlers that command a certain, like, megastar aura, quite like Samoa Joe. He does something to you in a live experience that makes you think, oh, he's not just the world champion of this company, he's the world champion of the world. Yes. Like, he's actually, he's the, he's the president of, uh, like, human beings, of humankind. <laughs> and when he calls himself, like, the king of television and now the king of AEW and the king of pro wrestling, you just buy it. I don't think we're here for a long time with Joe as champion. I just think we're here for a good one. And the way that he made a lot of the silly devil stuff, like, uh, it's been a pleasure doing business with you. The way he made that sound logical and serious and kind of, like, believable, put over MJF. Mm. Because he wasn't just saying, I did really bad things because I'm a bad guy. He was saying, you beat me one-on-one. And I didn't like that. And I had to do even worse things to you to get your title from you. When he beats MJF, he doesn't just beat him in a straight one-on-one. MJF's body is broken. MJF's mind has been, and his emotions have been drained by these multiple devils attack. His friendship with Adam Cole is completely destroyed. And Joe's been able to pick the bones mm-hmm. of that. I thought this was a really impressive bit of business. Not least because I got to visualize Joe walking into Daly's place for the first time next week. And it feels like, like Godzilla's going to trample on my house. <laughs> like How dare he, like... A walk on that sacred ground as AEW world champion. I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see Joe and Daly's. You alluded to the devil there. Out comes Adam Cole and his, his henchmen. 
uh, Wardlow, Roderick Strong, Matt Taven, Mike, Mike Bennett, of course. Uh, they had the the usual Adam Cole music that now has changed to Undisputed, of course, or the Undisputed Kingdom, as I should mm-hmm. call them. Uh, Roderick Strong gets on the mic as they all get in the ring. Instead of doing the dom, he does the devil mask thing. Um, and Roderick Strong tells everyone to shut up and listen to his best friend, Adam. Um, and Cole says, oh, you haven't got any sympathy for me. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Uh, he says, we're not the bad guys for betraying MJF. This is a guy who's made more anyone, enemies than anyone in AEW. Uh, if that makes me the devil, says Cole, then buy me a first-class ticket to hell. Um, the only person MJF has ever cared about is MJF. It's about time there's a change. Many of the locker room will thank me someday. Uh, Cole said, MJF is gone and he's never coming back. I just beat MJF to the punch. He was going to do the same to me. Uh, he needed me, not the other way around. I sacrificed everything for him. I broke my ankle. I mean, better than you, baby, made the fans fall in love with MJF. I saved his title reign and I also took it away. Uh, this is about ripping out a man's heart and bringing him to his knees. MJF is dead, says Adam Cole. He, uh... Holds up the devil mask and says, what is alive, though, is the undisputed kingdom. They've got one goal in common, and that is to win championship gold. Uh, he says, obviously, Taven and Bennett, the ROH tag champs. Uh, Roderick Sean's going to go after the international title, and Wardlow is going after the world title. And when I'm all healed up, uh, Wardlow's going to do the right thing and forfeit the world title to me. And Wardlow sort of smirks and nods in agreement, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um and he says, hey, I hope Joe isn't the world champion when Wardlow climbs the ranks and takes the gold. It really hurts to see Wardlow hurt a friend. Um, AW needed change. The Undisputed Kingdom gave it to us. The devil is here to stay, baby, says Adam Cole. He's interrupted at that point by switch by Jay Watt, um, who comes out and says he's impressed by what's happened, that Cole hasn't lost his edge. He's a fan of what they did to little old MJF. But he wasn't happy about being collateral in all of this. Uh, people attacking him while he's when he's alone. Well, he's not alone tonight. Out come the guns. They go down to the ring. There's a big brawl, but obviously the numbers game catches up to the uh, bing, bing, bing. Um, and out comes the acclaimed and daddy ass to even the numbers. But uh, Cole and the, uh, the henchman bail. Cole hides behind one of AEW's doctors saying he's not cleared. There's a little moment between the bing, bing, bing and the acclaimed um, until they go their separate ways. I thought this was terrific for so many reasons. Um, Adam Cole on MJF was a proper tell me when I'm telling lies promo. Like CM Punk deployed that phrase because it just added such conviction behind the things he was saying and it forced you there and then to question, is he wrong? Even if it was coming across as heelish or obnoxious or arrogant, that's basically the the pattern that Adam Cole's promo took here. Mm. Everything, what he was saying about MJF was true or a version of the truth through Adam Cole's lens, because, and like, I don't mind having this conversation at this point. I still maintain that it is not Hangman Page that is the main character of AEW, but it is in fact MJF. Mm-hmm. He comes into AEW and he's just an arsehole. He's just the worst guy. And you view him as the worst guy in a wrestling context. He's like, he's the, he's the baddie. He's this awful guy. I think I know. First thing he does is target a man with no legs in a battle royal. Exactly. Like, oh, I know this guy is this awful, spoiled rich kid jock, and he's going to just try and cheat his way at the top. I get who this person is. The feud with CM Punk opens up a far darker heart to all of this, a man that blames CM Punk's exit from wrestling in 2014 for all of the awful things he's Mm. done. So immediately he's trying to put all of these crimes onto somebody else. So he's a... Not only is he like this bad guy, but he's also convinced himself that it's somebody else's fault. Mm. It's not even him. But within learning that, we learn about the genuinely awful things that have happened to him. So it's like there's a little grain of truth to why MJF is who he is. 
in that, we also learn as he's like fighting for the title because that's the thing that's going to give him the vindication because he did actually need this one object. He could try and pretend that it was just about being funny and about being cocky and about being smarmy and bad, but ultimately it's about that title, it's about that prize because he needs the vindication, the validation of all those bullies many years ago. And it's also why he won't trust anybody else. So then Adam Cole comes into his life. Adam Cole, this one man, to again mention punk, is a sweetheart, yes. right? A man so nice and so pure of heart that MJF has no choice to actually trust somebody for the first time in his life. But what did we know of Adam Cole all along was that he is a guy that will also do these things. We go to the hug with the backstabbing that he's done time and time again. We watch the feud play out where the story almost becomes, well, who's it going to be? Yeah. Me or you? And that becomes part of the fun of it. And MJF finally lets the guard down for the first time. And Adam Cole just doesn't. Adam Cole waits. He loses at Wembley when he thinks he doesn't need to be the bad guy to get it done. And that from there is obviously where the seeds get sown. I think it was in this promo I mentioned specifically Grand Slam where he broke his ankle being his friend. And if you want to kind of like plot back, obviously the devil appears for the first time after that because an injury derailed what was presumably planet in real life. But in the fiction of all of this, it's Grand Slam when Adam Cole's like, hang on. Like, I'm now got a nurse, a broken ankle, and this guy's just beating Samoa Joe. He's beating everybody. He's beating me. This can't, this can't continue on like this. I'm going to have to do something about this. And every crime that MJF has previously committed now feels like he's paying the price for mm. through the devil, through Adam Cole, through everything that has happened to him. In the meantime, MJF has a perfect revenge story to come back to followed by another heel turn where it's like, well, look what happened the last time I was a nice. Yeah. Look what happened the last time I like trusted you. Like, I was your scumbag, the people, and where did it get me? Flat on my back with everything taken from me. So if you want to wonder why you got the old MJF back, it's because of da 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 yeah. So that character can continue on. Like, you can be really fluid with that character when he comes back, and then when he does eventually turn proper, proper heel again, it's because of all of this. They've laid out so much stuff. In the meantime, this was a nice... Uh, sort of AW creates a stable, gives you the reason for the stable promo that we've had previously with the likes of Chris Jericho, with Don Callis and others like him. Wardlow basically reverting to who he was under MJF is a real cute bit of character work where Adam Cole doesn't realise that he's making the same mistakes MJF did. <laughs> yeah. I really like that. I really like that he's mirroring thinking, I'm so much smarter than you MJF and when Wardlow wins the belt, he's going to give it to me. You're not smart than MJF. <laughs> You're about to make the same mistake that MJF made with Wardlow like two years ago. So I really appreciate that. Uh, Roddy Strong immediately being an Orange Cassidy opponent is a nice touch because they've avoided the issue of like a top heel holding the TNT title. Um, it keeps the tag belts free, which I think is important yeah. later when we get on the Sting. And not for nothing, Wardlow rising up the rankings, which was Adam Cole's word, yes. followed by Don Callis mentioning that Darby Allen and Sting have got this, whatever it was. 25 and 0. 25 and 0 yeah. record. Something happening there? Like, if, the, if it's not official, are we being instructed to start monitoring wins and losses yeah. again? Because I'm all for that. They kind of blow it a bit later on, but I'm all for it if it's being focused upon as this big deal. Nice touch with, like, the Bang Bang Gang and the Acclaimed having afters as well. Yeah. All that build up around MJF over the last months wasn't for nothing. I was trying to praise the devil when there wasn't necessarily always a lot of material to praise on the weeks leading up to World's End. But I felt that the world building that was taking place, the enemies that were being made, 
that would have to matter yeah. once the reveal took place. And now here we are with a bunch of feuds to follow on from. Good stuff. Yeah, really, really good. Strong opening. It was followed by a really enjoyable match as well because the international title was on the line. Orange Cassidy versus Dante Martin. Um, Dante Martin, just so good to see him back in the ring, obviously. Mm. Uh, early on, Cassidy sort of baits him out to the floor, hits a dive and sends Martin face first into the barricade. And he puts his hands in his pockets and he does the whole ring thing, but it's in his own inimitable way. He hits a shotgun drop kick, uh, goes for a suplex, but Martin reverse and hits, uh, hits one to take us to a break. When we come back, uh, eventually Martin decides to copy some of uh, Orange Cassidy's homework and does the little chops and the little kicks. And that fires up Orange Cassidy, who hits a thrust kick. Um, he fires up the kicks in the corner, hits the round the world DDT. Looks, looks awesome for a two count. Goes up top, gets cut off there by Martin, who gets shoved off and backflips off himself. But he then gets hit with a diving DDT from Orange Cassidy. Uh, Cassidy goes to the orange punch, but um, Dante Martin dodges that and the beach break. Uh, countering into a pop-up knee lift for a two count. Keeps trying to go up top. Cassidy keeps rolling away slowly so he can't reach him. But it's Dante Martin, so there's no real limits to where he can reach in the ring. So he rope walks and hits a huge splash for a two count. Um, Cassidy swings out of the full Nelson slam for two. Um, Dodger shotgun drop kick. Orange punch out of nowhere. One, two, three. Orange Cassidy retains. Post-match, Hook and Danhausen check on him. Darius Martin and Action Andretti check on Dante. Um, there's a nice moment between the three, uh, the six of them. And uh, then here comes Private Party. Mark Quinn is back. Great to see him as well. Uh, Isaiah Cassidy, obviously, uh, back to his Private Party stylings. Um, and they introduce, reintroduce themselves. They've been keeping tabs on the tag division. It's been lacking. It's been missing some flavor, some excitement. And, of course, Private Party. Lovely welcome back chance for them. Cassidy gets in the ring. They want to put every tag team on notice. Everyone. FTR, Young Bucks, the Hardys. New Year, New Me. But they say New Year, New Champs. Hi, yeah. I knew you were going to do it. Uh-huh. What a pleasant surprise Private Party was, by the way. I literally um, said, oh, my God, is that Private Party? Yeah. Uh, such a breath of fresh air to even think about Brother Zay being dead, RIP, yeah. gone forever, uh, and Private Party being back as a result of that. I, me and Sid were so excited about Private Party in 2019, and then like more of the matches were rough around the edges than I think a lot of people will be willing to admit. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's like there's fond memories of Private Party in that, like ah. Oh, 2019 AEW, <laughs> 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 trash. Like uh, I'm not saying they were trash every week. Like no, the Young no. Bucks matches, one is a very is early AEW moment, capital M that people remember fondly, yeah. and they should. But this is like such a great way. Sometimes wrestling, every now and then, gets a free pass for like one of the wrestlers just to come out and be like, yeah, yeah, sorry about that. And they're just like, <laughs> this just happens to have taken three years to get there since they, it was at Daly's Place when they first helped Matt Hardy to the back. Yeah. Or other way around. And it was like, we've just been trapped in this ever since. It's done. It's just done. Let's just pretend like that there was some very satisfying storyline payoff other than, yeah, we're back as private party because yeah. I don't think anyone's complaining. I like the match. I think you'd be lying at this point to say that the Orange Cassidy title defences have the drama that the first run did. That's fair, yeah. But... What I believe they're trying to establish is a new strand of Orange Cassidy drama. I really loved his... It's weird, right? So Orange Cassidy puts his hands in his pockets to frustrate his opponent with his own kind of unique brand of wrestling mind mm-hmm. games. Don M. Martin wasn't permitting Orange Cassidy to put his hands in his pockets. So the player was becoming the player. <laughs> and Orange Cassidy almost was becoming a heel as a result of yeah. not being able to put his hands in his pockets. 
And that's a really nice spin on the character that is the kind of, he's not the little engine that could that remains international champion despite the bandages. He's the kind of a bit pissed off. Yeah. Like, I'm Orange Cassidy, damn it. Like, and he can't say that, but he can illustrate that with his body and with his body language. And he was starting to get increasingly frustrated with Dante Martin. And I really like that as a, um, a bit of a tweak on the Orange Cassidy formula. I welcome it, not least considering that we appear to be, thank God, fracturing best friends once and for yes. all. Like this stable, if you look at where Statland is at, if you look at something we're going to get to later on with Danhausen and Trent, feels like they're coming away at the seams. Cassidy here, it was Danhausen and Hook, wasn't it? Yes. So it feels like all of them are just gradually like, like another set of friends, much missed. They're going their separate ways and we'll give you love. But... <laughs> Like, I don't want to give them love. I never really have wanted to. And I think an, an Orange Cassidy, maybe not an Orange Cassidy heel turn, but an Orange Cassidy outside of the hugging and the loving of best friends mm. might be a welcome change for that character in yeah. 2024. But uh, I just I just love Dante Martin, man. Yeah. A moment when he was rolling away, and I was like, where do you think you're going? It's There's great. no way you can go that he's not going to be able to reach you. Yeah, because he'll just walk the tightrope yeah. to get you outside <laughs> the ring if you go there, yeah. Uh, Renee Baquet is backstage with Timeless, Tony Storm, and Luda. Um, she gets congratulated on her victory, of course, at World's End. And she says, your perfume is overwhelming, my dear. Uh, and she's disappointed it's not New York, but New Jersey. And uh, as a result, she's off to Broadway. She's not sticking around to watch any wrestling, despite the fact Mariah May is about to have her first match in AEW. Uh, Mariah May can pay her dues, basically. And Luda picks her up, and she does the... Chin, tits, and the shoe over the heads. <laughs> great. Great foreshadowing for the surprise debut that was to come later on. And yet another tremendous detail in the Mariah May story is that Mariah May is basically telling us, the viewer that lives in normal, no, not normal Earth like where NXT has the parties, as in the actual <laughs> normal Earth, that she's out for Tony Storm's spot. And Tony Storm, in her deluded world, doesn't even feel like she needs to give her the time of day. That makes total sense because it, Tony Storm has literally just said the words, I don't watch wrestling. So every single week, Mariah May is going to make it more and more obvious that she is kind of just using Tony Storm to get her place. And Tony Storm is not going to be aware of it because she does not watch. She's so in her own head, in her own world, in her own cinema, that when this turn happens, she's going to be the last person that suspects it. And mm. they can actually do that convincingly. Yeah. Oh, this was really nicely done. The New Jersey stuff, I just thought was a bit of cheap heat. Yeah. And how wrong was I later on? Exactly, exact same emotion. Um, then we get a, mass a message from the House of Blegg uh, for FTR. They accept FTR's challenge. They want to do it in front of their friends and family, though. If they win, FTR um, have to walk up to their family and disown them. They'll have to watch as they walk back to their new family. And tells Dax's daughter not to worry about the tears of her father because uh, he'll finally be home with a family that truly loves them. That goes down on Collision. We'll talk more about that tomorrow, of course, on the Collision preview. But uh, what do you make of all this? Uh, not a lot. Like, I didn't know that Collision wasn't reruns anymore, so I'll have to do some homework before we do the preview. <laughs> Although it finished in August. But um, the I will say, if you're going to, with Dax stuff at this point, like wrestlers have, like, mentioned his family. And we've done that. So at this point, you like you pretty much got to include them in video packages to make it mean more. Yeah. And like the House of Black sitting down with Kyle O'Reilly to be like, can we use the footage from last year so we actually get his daughter in the video? Why not? I d right. So somebody that like, I don't get this very much. I don't think I understand. Are they trying to recruit FTR? Yes. Why? Because they're FTR. They're one of the best tag teams in the world. I mean, I, I don't understand. They're yeah, not goths. 
but they also they're a tag team, aren't they? So what? Who's he playing? Well, um, uh, Malachi and Broad, uh, Buddy. Yeah. So, so she didn't want to beat them. Yeah. And then get a title shot. I don't, I don't get it that much. I don't, like this is yet more House of Black stuff where I think if you think too deeply about it, you can pretty quickly see some of the wires. Like I would understand why FTR would be like, we're not joining you. And then, mm. like, is Malachi Black expecting Dax to be so incensed by the mentioning of my daughter and my beautiful family that he's like, I'm going to have to join you? <laughs> How's that work? <laughs> I don't get that. Yeah, we'll tackle it more in a preview okay. tomorrow. Um, Paquette's backstage. She really earned her money yep. last night. Uh, she's there with Swerve Strickland and Prince Nana. Uh, to talk about facing Daniel Garcia in the main event. There was a Daniel Garcia and an Eddie Kingston thing. I've just realized mm, I forgot yeah, to yeah. mention earlier on, which Kingston was really good. Great. Yeah. Um, and Prince Nana speaks for Swerve saying, look, Daniel Garcia, respected competitor, but he's just about to get in the ring with the boss of the bosses. Um, Strickland says, look, Garcia's in this match tonight. He calls him like a blue league guy. The reason the blue league guy's in there uh, is because he's after the, the same thing that I was in back in 2023. Uh, he talks about big pressure. Um, isn't about making diamonds, about making pain. Uh, and he was looking forward to going after MGF, but unfortunately his body couldn't hold up. So instead he calls out Samoa Joe. He's coming for championship gold, so be ready. Yes, please. Oh, God, this is so great from Swerve. What a laser focus the, both the promoter and the performer have at the moment as relates to the Swerve Strickland 2024 project. It's such a nice feeling when you can tell that like everybody seems to be singing from the same hymn sheet with Swerve. The material that he's coming out with is so... Um, just to the point when it comes to Samoa Joe, there's no like, you know, like we were saying before Christmas when AEW felt a little bit off the rails and we'd never had to say this about AEW before, but it felt like the star was right there. And for the first time we had that like old WWE nervousness of don't blow this, mm -hmm. don't ruin this. Like Swerve is right there, don't blow it. They're not gonna. No. He is just name checking Samoa Joe. Before that he was name checking MJF. He's burying MJF and the like the, his body's not even cold, do you know what I mean? He's only yeah. just lost the title. It's like you're no use to me anymore. So over there you go. Samoa Joe, I'm absolutely focused on you. Donny Garcia, you're not bad, but I'm better. That's the old fashioned put the guy over before you beat the guy, otherwise it doesn't mean anything. I don't think they can fail with Swerve and he can't fail himself. So this is just electrifying. There is probably nothing better in wrestling than watching a guy in the come-up and a company that knows they've got a guy in the come-up. Yeah. It's absolutely electrifying to watch. I love him. Um, oh, sorry. I've, I know it's the first show of the year, but I've really messed up my notes here because I appear to have a woman's match in the first hour. That's right, yeah. Only one woman's match, but you know. It's still just one. They're improvements. Just, yeah, they're doing the best. Um, That's a lie. Knows, That's maybe, a lie. They're not doing the best. Maybe maybe next year. Uh, maybe this year's maybe the this year, year that we get two, two women's matches on. What if they announce two? Next week, knowing knowing because they listen yeah. and they watch, uh, and the game hasn't started. Of course, they exactly. shout out as always to knowing that the game's about to start. They just put two on the poster ahead of time. And like, let's just cut the head off the snake, and we never have to play the it game again. It takes it doesn't take Adam much. Blair and Jose Palomar have been like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> But it was uh, Mariah May versus Queen Aminata. Um, I've never seen uh, Mariah May wrestle before. This was really enjoyable mm. to see. Um, just nails her with a slap early on. Chops to open up. Uh, tilt wheel head scissors. Really vicious looking drop kick. Um, Aminata gets tra trapped in the ropes and drop kicked in the back. Aminata fought back. Running knee, multiple uh, corner elbows. 
um, but May explode out of it uh, with a sling blade, hit the fireman's carry slam, uh, aka the May Day, and got the one, two, three. Just a quick word on on Mariah May's first match. So strong! Like, what an economical use. About six minutes this went, I think. Yeah. Uh, what an economical use of time this was on Dynamite. You had the crowd still really hot. Like, thank God they put this in the first hour rather than in the death spot, yeah. capital T D S, because you've put all the work into Mariah May, not just being this character that wins three matches to lose a title shot, which is how they bring in so many women. She's got a character before she's got an in-ring. Mm. So you've ra- you've dared to raise people's expectations about a women's wrestler. Imagine that. Mm. But the women can always pay it off in the ring. That's so rarely the problem. Yeah. And Mariah May had that, like, well, and had it to spare. This wasn't even what the best of what you're going to get from Mariah May. This was just telling you, Christ, she hits really hard. And... Uh, she can absorb a lot of damage here. This wasn't a bad night. I can never pronounce her name. This wasn't a bad night for Queen Aminata. Aminata, thank you. I was going to say <laughs> Animata. This wasn't a bad night for Aminata. Like, of what I'd seen on, I want to say it was either Rampage or Dark Elevation. Yeah, Murray said she'd done matches on something like that, Dark, yeah, possibly, yeah. It's the same sort of thing. She just has these kicks and strikes that are to die for and may absorb some and then met with harder ones and beat her. Mm. You've got everything you needed from believing it would be credible before you've seen what like secret weapons might she have? Because now we know that she's got the physical element when we've already seen that she's got the mental one. A tremendous no-notes in-ring debut. And then uh, she's joined uh, by Renee Paquette and talks about how she's always wanted to be a wrestler since she was a little kid. It's very surreal to be here tonight. Uh, Hopes Tony Storm is watching. She's not. Um, She says, New Year, it's all about uh, Mariah. My only regret is I have to do this in bloody New Jersey. And of course, that cues the music for one. Diana Perazzo. Uh, hometown hero to come out. Um, Parasso, you know, big uh, defends the honour of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Says we don't want to be here. We don't want you here either. Um, and she says, "I've got a message for you to send to Tony Storm. Uh, I'm on elite. I'll find Tony. Uh, and this is the age of the virtuosa." Um, May says, "I'm not the messenger. Tell Storm yourself, bitch." Slaps her. <laughs> so Diana kicks her in the head and sends her packing. Inspired. Absolutely inspired. What we talk about when we talk about what we expect from AEW at a bare minimum, basically. I hadn't considered remotely that them being in New Jersey would be an ideal place to debut Diana Parazzo, despite the rumours that she was going to go there. Mm -hmm. But the rumours weren't just that she was going to go there. The story was that she was a free agent and that obviously anyone would be glad of having her signature. AEW got it and found the exact right spot to debut her, not least when attention was kind of on somebody else debuting Mm -hmm. instead. And this time AEW can't be faulted because there was no teases. Oh no, the good thing about this is that with that being their 10th bait and switch of Mercedes money, they get the next one for free. So, you know. No, I'm Jay. Of course, people just speculating online off reports. There was none this time. There was, no, there was nothing from AEW. There's only ever been one, in my opinion, from AEW where they went, mm. and it was the Britt Baker thing, and it, which was just weird. Yeah. Everything, everything else has just been journalists or reports, nothing from AEW. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, you're doing the earnest bit there. I'm being bad. I'm, I'm, only, I'm only winding it. It's, no, it's no point. It's not even here to wind up. So. Well, that's how you're the only real journalist in wrestling, isn't it? Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Diana Prazzo gets this great response, not just because of being in the, yeah. like New Jersey, but because she's Diana Prazzo. It's a big great deal. Get. Yeah, uh, uh, this is it. A great get. The fans know who she is, and again, just a fantastic bit of interplay with so much left on the table. So Diana Prazzo, I'm all elite straight away. Right, you know she's on board. This is not just a like she's main event in the Dynamite before, but she wasn't all elite course, back yeah. then. So this is confirming that she is kind of 
Step two, Mariah May, who you've just seen. So immediately you're kind of understanding people's ability levels, even if you've never seen Diana Prazzo wrestle before. You're like, oh, so I know Mariah May is now, and now I know who she is yeah. because I've just been told they're on the same level. And then Mariah May fighting back saying, I'm not Tony Storm's messenger. That again reminds you of what that dynamic really is and who hasn't seen it, Tony Storm, because she doesn't watch wrestling. Mm -hmm. Somebody's going to have to tell her about Diana Prazzo, and it's probably going to be Prazzo herself. They're telling stories in the women's <laughs> division, and I'm as shocked as you are. Good stuff, AW. Well done. Hair ruffle. It's one week. Keep it up. Change things this year. Yes. Change them for the better. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Then it was time for Christian Cage's 2024 State of the Union address. He comes out with uh, Kill Switch with Nick Wayne. Nick Wayne's one. Um, and Tony Schiavone's like... The way you laid them out there, I thought, oh, they're in the patriarchy. <laughs> Tony Schiavone's like... Oh. It's very day. <laughs> Yeah, let's have a let's have a chat about you losing the TNT title and then winning it back in a minute at yeah. World's End. But never mind Christian Cage cutting a promo. Still having Nick Wayne's wife. Who <laughs> <Ooh>, me? <laughs> Go on. Who me? I'm a mother. How dare you? Give Nick Wayne's mom more mic time. I don't know how she does it. I I don't know how she speaks. So right. I got very early. Yeah, UK, full disclosure. Right, UK time. And I saw some Americans being like, well, have you seen the time we have to watch Elimination Chamber? Kiss my f***ing ass. Because <laughs> that's every wrestling show I've watched for the fat end of 30 years, right? Um, I was watching Dynamite this morning. I got up at four o'clock and I was watching it on 1.75 speed. Uh -huh. And you know this. Like, we review all these in the week. It's often an early morning and you get used to watching it 
like on a bit of a faster speed yeah. to make sure you've watched everything and got through it and you've got all your points and that. And I'll sometimes watch a lot of stuff back on normal, but first watch. I was having to check the speed settings when she was speaking. I don't know how she does it. If you ever s- slow down the speed on this podcast, we sound like we've been speaking with the alien. Yes. We've been taken to his dealer, <laughs> right? She does that as her normal setting, and it's quite incredible. It's amazing. She shouldn't be that sped up and still so slow on the version of the show I'm watching. Boomy. Boomy. When it comes to cheers, I don't need them anymore. Each and every one of you get on your feet and show some respect to the greatest TNT champion who's ever lived. Their father, their patriarch, Christian Cage. <laughs> she your favourite Shane in wrestling? Whoa. Right now? Right now. Possibly. Yeah. Right now. Ooh, Get on the board. So anyway, Christian Cage goes on. <laughs> it's been 200 days since I won the TNT title on the debut episode of Collision. She only goes to correct me. Like, Shut up, or Shane will put him, put him, put her over, put you over her knee, and discipline you. Oh my god! Oh, sorry, I thought that was uh, boo me, bud. I thought I'd put it on. Oh right, he's got, yeah. Kate uh, <laughs> says, and you know, we all know where this is going. I've got a few people I want to thank. I know it's going, and I still enjoyed yeah, every moment great, of this. I want to thank Mother Wayne for being the vision. A mother's work's never done. I want to thank the apple of my eye, my boy. Nick Wayne put his body on the line. Got put through a flaming table. Not quite. Um, <laughs> but he got... To, he, Adam Cullen tried to end the career of an 18-year-old prodigy. And last of all, kills which is like, here it comes. Flexing, isn't he? He's getting his, like... He's doing the, like, titty pop. Literally, you wouldn't have this title without me. Last of all, I want to thank myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's the... It's the T-Pain thing from the Lonely Island, isn't it? And me. Me. So great, so great. So Adam Cole, uh, Adam Cole, Adam Copeland, back of the line. Yeah. Oh, if I haven't finished, sorry, I've just realised. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> Killswitch is furious. Well, as much as you can portray fury behind them, yeah. you know. Uh, Luchasaurus chants are just ringing out. I yeah. can't believe how they've turned Brilliant. this around. Uh, Cage also said, "I'm two and zero against Adam Copeland." <laughs> <laughs> That's not how that works. Back of the line, yeah. Back of the line for you. Uh, anyone else, one of you and anyone else who wants a shot of the TNT title, this is just a tip of the iceberg of what I'm willing to do. Shut up, his next on Luchasaurus, it's kill switch. I'll be TNT champion until I'm ready to hand it off to my boy, Nick Wayne, and he'll be TNT champion now and forever, or will be TNT champion now and forever. Fantastic from Christian, but you know, like water's wet, isn't it? Like yeah. He doesn't miss with these ever. Uh, but this had so much more to it because this was the week, and we shall remember this week, when, as and when, Killswitch turns, and not just turns, probably reverts the Luchasaurus name. They might have changed Killswitch's name, right, with a view to obviously make it look like Christian was even had even more control over him than ever. I'm literally calling you my finisher name. What's he got over him? Well, because this... this yeah. Now, arguably three occasions now. Yes. You had the bit where he went to protect Nick Wayne's wife. Yep. You had the bit where he was like, I'm not giving you the contract. That's mine. Mm-hmm. And then he whispers something. And he had the bit here where he was like, are you joking? Well, if you remember as well, there was like a moment where Christian thought he'd lost Luchasaurus to Jack Perry. Yes. And then Luchasaurus was like, ah, got you. I'm of a wrestler. Of course, yeah. But then, I mean, who would choose to be friends with Jack Perry? So that one we can account for. But the rest, like have been, yeah, what's Christian holding over? Yeah. And that's great. That's like another thing that you've got in this story. But I think they changed Luchasaurus' name to Killswitch with the thinking of eventually when he does finally snap 
beats up Christian, he'll probably just keep kill switch. Maybe the mask will come off, and it's like this is how you get away. Quite a difficult. It's yeah. Kane. It's Kane taking the mask off. The comparisons are fair. Luke Storch is ten times the wrestler Kane ever was, but the comparisons are fair. How do you move forward and move on and pivot and change and all of that? I think what they've done here. Christian is such an effective heel, and this control he's got over Luchasaurus or over Kill Switch is so brutal that they've made people want Luchasaurus all over again. And that babyface turn, I'm tempted to just go full dinosaur again and have a try with him as a babyface. Mm. Like, give that man a go as a babyface after all of this because they've really got something here. They've, again, like, AEW has to juggle, like, heart and soul, origin, like, originals of the promotion mm. stuff with where it lives now in 2024. And Luchasaurus unexpectedly might have that similar cachet that the elite do. Mm. Oh, come on, like fight out of this, fight out of this. We remember you in the good old days and we want you to do it again. Christian has, the idea that Christian believes he's held this title since the first collision when both times it's been Luchasaurus that's won it is yeah. what a great bit. What a great bit. It was funny when Luchasaurus won it the first time and Christian was like, mind please. <laughs> yeah. It's even funnier that like he's just taking it straight <laughs> off him. Like he's now he's now chalked off the edge win, like at the pay-per-view. What a terrific bit. The magic of this story was always Christian stopping Adam Copeland getting to him, and I love that we're at that bit now. Adam Copeland's got to fight his way back to fighting Christian. Yeah. Stuff. Someone on the news suggested a really good idea, I thought, which is just you want to do sort of like uh, rankings adjacent stuff or Adam Cohen's got to rack up some wins and he said he wants to fight some new guys he's never faced before. Open challenge. Yeah. I love that. Great. You just, yep. That means you can just cherry pick all the dream opponents you could you could want for Adam Cohen. Rated R rankings. There you go. I'll move up your stinking system. Yeah. Gets a bite. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, surprise. Renee Paquette's back. <laughs> this time she's backstage with uh, Ruby Soho, Harley Cameron, and Soraya. Um, Harley Cameron is dedicated to this role in helping Soho. Uh, Soho won a match on Rampage. Cameron said she's willing to do anything. I like that Soraya. And then Soraya off the back of it was like, don't think it's obvious. I've no idea what's going on here. Did you watch Dynamite last week? No, I haven't watched, I haven't watched any wrestling other than World's End for like the last two weeks. Right, wrestling was my salvation, as it always is, um, over the last two weeks. So I caught Dynamite last week. And uh, Harley Cameron last week, so he was like, my only friend, Harley Cameron, she's like, she's my new mate, Renee, do you like her? And Renee's like, yeah, all right. And Harley Cameron's like, oh, I've got a butcher's knife. What? And they're like, what the? Like, like, like I think I'm, this is not a joke, right? And Soraya's like, whoa, 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 get that away, get that away. Uh, anyway, Renee, see you later, bestie. And what? And then this week, it's pretty much the same. She's crazy. She's, <laughs> she's bloody mad. Bloody women. Right? <laughs> so I don't love it. The characterization feels a bit dated. Yes. Like, crazy bloody woman. Yeah. And so I was like, uh, am, I, am I right, lads? <laughs> like, I just want to have, have full sex with Cool Han Ange. Uh, yeah? Is that like, still going on, by the way? F*** knows. <laughs> like, uh, but, but I think, I think, so... Th I, were, love, I love the fact that now... <laughs> We drew comparisons for many years between AEW and NXT, and now it's got to the same point where if you took like a week off NXT, you were like, "What's going on?" Sorry. Well, because Ruby Soho and like again, I hated this idea that like it's you know when I've said this thing, I hate when wrestling when wrestlers just do things because wrestlers do things. Like Cool Hand Ange and Ruby Soho were just consenting adults that met. At yeah, work, yeah. And wrestlers do wrestler things. Like, no, you cannot be together. <laughs> Nobody said why. Nobody. Well, has he done anything that's so bad? Yeah. Is he like sort of? Got off with a mate? Has he done something in yeah. the context of re no? So he's like, no, you can't be. You can't have a boyfriend. We've got outcast business to take care of. Have we? Like, 
Pretty sure that's Stables. But it's not his back. New outcast, better than ever, if anything, with Nike, Butcher's Knife, Harley Cameron. So I don't know what's going on. It's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Soraya, like, Ruby Soul was kind of hanging a lampshade on it. Uh, why are we, what are we doing? But then I think Cameron helped to get that win. So right. she's proven herself worthwhile to the outcasts. And it means we get the outcast theme, which I quite like. Yes. So it means they stick around. See, at the end of all this, I am a fed head. Because, you know, when we sit there and go, God, they're bloody spoon-feeding this to their audience. We watched it last week. I could have done with that here and later on. You remember when I told you in the office? And I was like, why is Hangman Page talking about Samoa Joe and his goons? And you were like, yeah, yeah, the bit last week. And I was like, I've no idea what you're talking about. I've also just thought of a nice visual, seeing as we are so fed head, right? What about if uh, they attack Tony Storm? Because mm-hmm. Ruby Soho was like, we've just got rid of one crackpot blonde and now we've got a new one. What about if they attack her and put the green spray paint on her so that whenever you see her in black and white, there's like still a green L? Yeah. And it's like she's been sort of scarred. It's Zorro, but they're the outcasts. I watched Zorro again over Christmas. <laughs> of course she did. We know that. We know that's like It was on and I was like, well, I don't need to try and remember where we are in the plot. Adam They're Will- at the mine. I know where we are. Let's go. Adam Wilborn, age 13 to present. Nothing and Zorro. <laughs> it's, it's a great film. It's so good. What are we doing here? <laughs> We're talking next uh, about <laughs> a brilliant match. Cedric somewhere, whatever he is doing, is absolutely fuming because he's like, there's two dickheads on a Dynamite podcast that are about to talk about one of the best matches that we'll see this year, even though it's only like the 4th of January Talk about Nia Jacks, Becky Lynch. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> and uh, we've got somebody that thinks Ghostbusters 2 is the best film ever and somebody that thinks the frigging Mask of Zorro is number one. Where are our Oscars? <laughs> he plays the frigging 20th Century Fox thing every week when we do the SmackDown preview. <laughs> Kanosuke Takeshita versus Darby Oh, Allen. my God. I can press a frigging button. Oh, my God. Oh, oh Jesus God. Christ almighty. Yeah, Don Callis on commentary. And uh, I'd genuinely forgotten what Takeshita in a ring looked like. And, well, in singles action, obviously. Yeah. But um, yeah, just the moment he gained down, I was like, right, let's ragdoll Darby <laughs> Allen for a bit. What's going on with Everest? Is that not a thing anymore? or uh, mm. Too cold? <laughs> right now, I... Darby Allen got that face tattoo, didn't he? Oh, but he yeah. paints the side of his face. So you kind of forget that's there. So maybe he was just like, well, I've got my Christmas money. <laughs> I don't know whether I climb Everest or get a face tattoo. And maybe he got the face tattoo instead. I don't know. I'm Either sure way, I'm, he'll I, climb it. I'd prefer sure. to see him in a wrestling ring, to be perfectly honest. Um, and yeah, Takeshita is the perfect person to chuck him all over the place. Um, there's a gr- wild German... Darby Allen lands on his feet, though. Uh, sprints for a dive on the outside after this and gets nailed with a pumping knee from <laughs> Takeshita. I thought, oh, cool, well, that's the end of the match then. It was and the then, start of the violence. And then, and then I thought, well, that, that's going to be the, the bit that really sucks the most probably for Darby Allen in this match. And then Takeshita was like, let's go up the ramp. A rolling release German suplex. Oh, my God. Oh, my, oh my God. Just, it went on. I couldn't decide if it was better or worse if he never released him. Yeah. Was they just going to keep slamming him hard on the, like, and then he was like, oh, no, it is worse to release yeah. him because Jesus Christ, he's just sent him into orbit. So uh, Darby Allen following this uh, is out on the, not following this, but later on, is, is out on the on the floor. Um, Takeshita lowers his knee pad, goes for a charging knee, but um, Darby Allen moves, so Takeshita hits the barricade, sells his knee. <laughs> Don Gallus is fanning his client. Uh, Darby Allen hits a coffin drop off the top to the floor. Takeshi looks like he might get counted out, just gets in there, but rolls straight, in, straight into a code red for two. Darby Allen wants a coffin drop. Takeshi gets the knees up, but obviously he's still got the injured knee. 
Uh, so instead, he re- reverts to multiple overhead Germans. Darby Allen gets a flash cradle and a crucifix for two, um, but Takeshi uh, takes his head off with a lariat, and Callis is like, kill him. Uh, <laughs> Haluva kick, avalanche German suplex off the top. Oh, my God. And yeah. uh, the and Darby Allen's still not finished. He, he's like, come on, bring it on. And the power drive knee, I think it's called, for the one, two, three for Takeshita. Oh. Please push this man in 2024 as a single star. Right, I, like... This isn't a negative. I just want to qualify something here. I think sometimes, right, uh, you can overpraise one of these matches because how many times have we seen Darby Allen give his body to somebody mm-hmm. in order to get them over as a killer? The Andrade one springs to mind. Yeah. He can be having a very middling AEW run, which unfortunately is what Takeshi is in the middle of. And then a Darby Allen match is a reminder of what the person can do, but it isn't necessarily the solution to the problems. Mm-hmm. So I hope this is the start. 2024, new year, new me, everything. I hope it's the start to catch just having the year we probably should have had last year because there's no better wrestler to fight than Darby Allen to just announce yourself. He will give you his body mm-hmm. and brain and probably 10 years of his life <laughs> to get you over as a killer if you've got the killer instincts and Amiro did and Andrade did yeah. and the Takeshita does. And we saw witness that. Like, not everybody can, like, play their part in that Derby Allen formula match, but Takeshita played it and then some. This was exhilarating. Social media sometimes, you, even when you do it in good faith, you sometimes lie, right? If you are live-tweeting wrestling and you're, it's really hard to, like, like capture the exhilaration you feel watching yeah. a match like this without just punching your screen and pressing send, and it's just a mess of letters. And even that can feel insincere. Mm-hmm. What if somebody was typing and uh, said, Q, <laughs> four, exclamation mark, whatever, dog emoji. Like, even that would feel fake. Like, S-C-R-E-A-M-I-N-G, send. is no longer screaming, is it? No. I'm watching this again very early in the morning. Going, ah! Like, that, <laughs> like the, the kick off the freaking dive. Oh. Screaming, right? The chaos theory, when he just keeps going, again, it was on like, at the point when you're midway through, and it's like, I don't know what's better for Darby at this point. <laughs> Screaming. The frigging <laughs> shades of Ivan Rhea Ripley, but with an extra turnbuckle, German suplex. Screaming. Like, I just could not get enough of this. I've seen uh, comparisons. I think it was waiting of the great post-wrestling made a point that this was uh, with ethnicities swapped. The Mike Awesome, Masata Tanaka... <laughs> They're killing each other out there, <laughs> and I just couldn't get enough of it. Uh, the finish was sublime because this is the way to beat Darby Allen. How many times have we seen him lose like this where the heel's like, what am I going to have to do? With <laughs> Another one. I'm going to have to kill this man. Yeah. Well, I've got it in me. I'm going to kill him. Like, it goes all the way back to John Moxley doing it with the spiked Death Rider from the top in the early Dynamite yeah. days. This is how you beat Darby Allen. That has never failed. And can we just jump forward to the promo that Don Callis cuts? Yes, yeah, so he, he basically after this says... Uh, next week, Daly's place where it all started with challenging the 25-0 and Sting to a tag match with Darby Allen to take on Tegestra and Bauhaus Hobbs. Good luck, Sting, making it to Revolution. They're going to make him 25-1. and one. What great booking and matchmaking this is. So they want to do, sna- the, do the um, ramp spot with Sting for me. <laughs> they want to snap the streak. If they do that, they're going to snap Sting's spine. <laughs> but, like, they want to snap... Uh, yeah, so, uh, you, yeah, Darby, you can work with Tegestra. I'll work with... Oh, bollocks, power. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to win, Sting and Darby. Yeah. 
Uh, I assume Hobbs gets beat here, which is unfortunate collateral damage. It's why I'm saying reserve the praise on Takeshita, because this felt like after it happened, it was like, well, it's here for the Sting and Derby tag. But here we are now talking about Sting and Derby's tag record as Revolution approaches. We're kind of the first guys to uh, mention that maybe a tag match against the Young Bucks or against the existing champions is the way to go. Potentially having Sting win the belts as a retirement match. Mm -hmm. You know, a nice moment. And they, why have they never got on a shot? And they finally get one and they win the titles. But I love that we're talking about rankings. I love that we're talking about like the serious business of why we're all here. It's back at Dailies. It's going to be presumably yeah. Sting's last time at Dailies. And there's all the wonderful memories that he created there. I love this. Uh, and to get, in terms of match to build a match, was uh, Takeshita versus Darby on the best in match to build a match history. I think it probably was. It's right up there for yeah. me, yeah. Uh, then we got a number one contenders match to see who faces uh, Eddie Kingston for the Continental title. It was a four-way. Brian Keith, El Hijo del Vikingo, Brian Cage, and Trent Beretta. Love Kingston on commentary. Mm. Taz has got heat with him for not inviting him over for Gabagool during the <laughs> holidays. Um, yeah, I mean, Brian Cage... Uh, Wearing a like, Streets of Rage inspired. Yeah, Streets of Cage, it said, didn't it? Gimmick, the little, yeah. Um, which popped me huge. Uh, Brian Cage does Brian Cage things. I really like Brian Keith. I've only been introduced yeah. to him a few weeks yeah. back, um, but I really, really enjoy him. And you know what you're going to get with El Hijo Del Vikingo, uh, of course. And Trent Beretta, he's got this new edge. They re reiterated the point, obviously, of him, uh, well, not betraying necessarily, but throwing Dan Housen out of the Battle Royal. Mm. Um he early on Trent dodged a ripcord into a jump knee and a suplex that uh, led to a slingshot dive of his own onto Cage. Danhausen at this point is shown sitting in the front row. Uh, he distracts Trent for long enough for Cage to hit a brain buster on the floor to take us to picture and picture. Uh, Vikingo, when we come back, nails Cage with a roundhouse kick and a springboard drop kick. Uh, Vikingo goes up top. There's Brian Keith with a big headbutt. So Vikingo tumbles to the outside. Cage wants to superplex Keith, but Bretta runs in with an overhead German and a running knee on Cage. And Vikingo comes out of nowhere yeah. with a 450 to break the count. Uh, Cage hits Keith with an F5. Multiple power bombs on Beretta get him a two count. Danhausen hits the ring, though. Go... Um, it goes to curse Cage. Big match all breaks down, and Vikingo takes out Cage with a moonsault to the floor. Uh, Keith hits a charging uh, uppercut headbutt, which looked great on Beretta for two. Goes for a Tiger Driver, but Beretta counters into the crunchy for the one, two, three. Trent Beretta, number one contender. Got to be honest, this was mostly just good wrestling happening in front of me, which is not to dig out the four because the work was good, but I don't think. I think we kind of laboured over this point enough in 2023. Great wrestling alone cannot save mm -hmm. wrestling from itself sometimes. This was just a lot of moves. My, I had a problem with this, if I'm honest, right? So I like um, that Trent and Danhausen appears to, again, be like potentially foreshadowing the breakdown of the, of the best friends, mm -hmm. whether it's Danhausen that's going to turn and he's going to be justified because he got eliminated from that battle royal and then helped Trent. So he's still... Theoretically doing his best, whereas maybe Trent isn't. Maybe that's going to be the breakdown in relations. I kind of hated what this was. Um, a four-way on almost no notice yeah. to determine the number one contender to Eddie Kingston's title that he had to fight a month to win to kind of like reclaim his very soul. So what, have we just introduced a new mid-card belt? Like the modern American Triple Crown, the Continental Championship. Like, honestly, I think Eddie Kingston was best, better used flying to New Japan to be spotted at Wrestle Kingdom at the Tokyo Dome, mm -hmm. scouting his competition because this is the modern American Triple Crown. Nope, it's just a normal singles belt in AEW that we have title. Yeah, that's a good point. There is a real tragic irony that I think old AEW wouldn't have allowed for 
where the clip that they show of the Danhausen Trent betrayal to tell the story, which is fine, is from a battle royal four days ago to determine the number one contender to an entirely different belt. Yeah. Neither of them won it, and Trent was straight back in it in contention. Like, did any Kingston just half die? Did the Continental Classic that took so much, like, years off people's careers in, like, this great, kind of out-of-nowhere mini G1 at the end of the year, did it exist for guys to start winning random four-ways on Dynamite to get shots at the title? Yeah. That's how you devalue this belt. Trent, Trent really, really dodged a bullet there, didn't he? Yeah. Why would, have I, why five would I, matches and why would I enter the tournament? Yeah, why would I enter the tournament when in I, c- I can win one four-way? Uh, oh, I lost title shot on Sunday. Doesn't matter. I'll win a, another title shot yeah. this week, and I'll get a knackered Eddie Kingston and potentially win his title. You are at least run- they recognise this should go in the death slot rather than the women's match. Totally, absolutely, it should. But maybe just don't book badly. Yeah, um, Renee Paquette. <laughs> Jeez, um, this time she's backstage with Daddy Magic. Um, Presumably, they were going to try and set up something for Daniel Garcia, obviously, in the mm. main event, but we don't get any of that because here comes Hangman Page. Uh, he's here to beat somebody's goddamn ass. Yeah. And I was looking at the clock going, you better hurry up then. I was just thinking that. Cowboys not have watches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he says, look, I don't care if it's Samoa Joe with his goons helped. Well, uh, well I didn't realise until you explained because I've missed the dynamite when this was explained. <laughs> if it's not Samoa Joe, it'll be Adam Cole. If it's not Adam Cole, it'll be anyone. And I thought, well, Swerve's in the main event. Uh, and he storms off. And uh, we get Swerve Strickland versus Daniel Garcia. Um, Strickland in control early. Garcia goes, right, let's do some ground mat game and stuff. And obviously that allows Garcia to get the upper hand. Um, Garcia oh, he hits a knee to send Strickland to the outside, sends him into the barricade. But Prince Nana gets in his face and we get a dance off between the two of them. Strickland tries to take advantage, but Garcia is in control. So as they're fighting on the apron, Strickland takes the ref. Uh, Prince Nana distracts Garcia. Strickland hits a punk knee and a Death Valley driver to take us to a break on the edge of the bloody ring. Um, when we come back, Strickland gets in the face of Daddy Magic, who's doing commentary. Uh, Garcia swarms Strickland, clears the table, and this was where it all went a little bit wrong. Went for like yeah. a dragon tamer, and just they both fell off the table. We fell off the table. <laughs> <But it didn't... laughs> There's no dignity. That's a great match. Awesome, both these guys. Great match, great wrestlers. There was absolutely no dignity in the way those two men slid off the table. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Get back in the ring. Sorry, guys. Garcia hit a superplex. Strickland holds on and hits a superplex of his own, though, for a double down. Um, Big (laughs) knee to the face from Garcia. Strickland comes back with a rolling flatliner and a house call for a two. Uh, he hits the swerve stomp, and unbelievably, Garcia still manages to kick out. Strickland can't believe it. Garcia gets a desperation roll-up for two, but Strickland gets up, hits the house call again. JML driver, one, two, three. Swerve Strickland wins. Post-match, he goes to shake Garcia's hand, and then Nana just hoys him in the cock. Um, Daddy Magic hits the ring to help his mate, uh, but he gets the same, uh, he gets dealt with. And Prince Nana is about to put over Strickland, saying he's going to be the next world champion. Where here comes Hangman Adam Page. There's a face-off with him and Swerve. Slugfest, it all kicks off. They keep getting broken up by security and fighting each other. Um, these two are destined to fight forever. Yeah, that heat and that electricity between Page and Swerve is going nowhere, is it? Mm. I don't know how you... It's Swerve's 2-0 up, and there's something to be said for having left it till maybe Swerve won the title. Mm. And then you go back to it and Page saying, look, I... I'm not just going to take your title. I need to beat you because I need to beat you. And 
they're not. They're doing it now. I'm assuming it's going to be a TV thing because Revolution was up in the corner. So that is their next pay-per-view. Unless got two months to yeah, that. yeah. Unless they spring another one, it's Revolution. So this is probably a nice. I was talking about this on the preview yesterday. Did they do like a beach break? In February. They've definitely done a freezing cold beach break. Yeah, yeah. with coal on a beach. Might have been in Jersey or somewhere like yeah. that where there's a coastline, but it was cold in winter. Look that and, up quickly. Um, aye, this was... So this, this was interesting because I think Page and Swerve can... I don't know, like... I, never mind, spice up a dynamite. Like, make it one of the biggest dynamite matches AEW has. Mm. You know, when, like, Mox and Punk was announced for dynamite, you know, excuse me. Like at this point, Page and Swerve have reached that level where they're just sort of they're already legacy rivals, and the last two matches have taken place in the prior four months. So it already feels like this has been going on for years. I saw somebody on Twitter make the comparison between like as if the My Way video package just start with yeah. Page and Swerve. You think you're special? That's how long it feels like these two have been at war together. That you can go to this and it can feel massive. So that was great. Uh, love the match as well because like we've we've laughed at the botch of it. Let's put that over there because in every other respect. This match delivered what a, what AEW must have been dreaming of. Daniel Garcia getting to kick out of the Swerve Stomp off the back of the house call. Only for Swerve then to just be, right, let's do it again. And I've got the JML driver that I haven't used mm-hmm. yet. That was John Moxley booking of Swerve Strickland. John Moxley has a, several different ways to beat you, each one nastier than the last. And Swerve is showing you that he has got that as well. Of course, he's going to cheat here and there. We're back to, you know, this is not the Continental Classic anymore. He can use Prince Nana with the low blows or with the referee distraction or whatever. He's a dirty wrestler and he <laughs> will fight dirty. But ultimately, his strongest weapons are his kill shots, are mm. his finishes. So it's great to see you getting everything out of Swerve Strickland here. And Daniel Garcia almost surviving and almost like on this own little wave of momentum he's riding. He won the uh, all-star tag match at World's End with the best of the rest of the Continental mm-hmm. Classic. He got his last win in the Continental Classic. He's on a decent little run as well. Uh, this was the best use of both guys. And again, a very committed main event to put them both there in this top spot and tell you as a viewer, right, if you're watching AW in 2024, it's for these. It's not for your Jerichos. It's not for your elites right now. It's yeah. not even yeah. for your Moxes or your Danielsons. It's for these two men right here. Uh, I kind of admired the conviction with which they've started this year. Uh, on just briefly as well on Daddy Magic. So at World's End, uh, Brody King was like, "What are you gonna do about a bitch?" When he was like knocking um, Daniel Garcia about, and then he beat uh, Daddy Magic up after the match. Here, Daddy Magic gets in the ring to try and help, and he just gets his ass beat straight away. Hangman Page was kind of a bit of an arsehole to him in that interview. Back said, "Shut up, Daddy Magic. <laughs> yeah. It's my time to talk. I'll take this interview." I wonder if. Like, they're just going to do away with the, right, no fun, Daniel. I, there's just a nice thing for yeah. here, isn't there, between Daddy Magic and Daniel Garcia? He said you can dance all you want, didn't yeah, they? They're, yeah, they're, there's a bootstraps picking themselves up type vibe to their relationship, and I think that's quite sweet. That's going to help Garcia in the next sort of iteration of his move away from JAS to whatever this hybrid Red yeah. Death character he's portraying. I think, a, like, I think he's, what you've witnessed here, and I know we said this about Starks and MJF at Winter is Coming 2022, this, to me, feels like you're watching the top heel and baby face mm. before they've become the top heel yeah. and baby face. We will get here again, but the stakes will be very, very and MJF. Yeah, the stakes will very much be elevated the next time we fight. Just checked, yeah. Beach break 2022, uh, January. Uh, that must have been one because it's cold in the main event. Well, Team Taz lights by out. the beach as well. Yeah. Uh, was that also the last match of Cody's in AEW? What against? Sammy Guevara, 
In the ladder match. Ladder match. It would have been, yeah. Because the promo, the... What, so what do you want to talk about promo was the week before? He's got the ladder behind him. He's the brown coat. I think I want to name uh, CM Punk, actually. And Adam Page has got a history of Beach Break. Beach Break 2021. Tag with Matt Hardy against Chaos Project. So, you know, follow that. Um, let us know your thoughts on AEW Dynamite on eggs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what cool. He take off, take off some of his earnings. That was the, that was the build. That was that, the story, it? yeah. Uh, you, could, you could run Hangman Page versus Luther. Like, we've got beach break history, Luther. <laughs> and if I win this, I want a shot at Tony Storm's title. Uh, anyway, let us know your thoughts on that. I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Real return episode. to form and exciting to see what happens in 2024. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to uh, preview AEW Collision, but let us know your thoughts on this show at What Culture WWE on X. Watch, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. You can follow our brilliant editor, uh, Adam Nicholas, at It's Adam Nicholas. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, where you get your podcast from for daily wrestling. Link podcast. But for now, this has been the Dynamite Review. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.